On July 16, 2023, famous criminal hacker turned security consultant Kevin Mitnick passed away after a battle with pancreatic cancer. He was 59 years old. On this special episode of Bite Size Cybercrime, I will briefly discuss his life, his infamy, his legacy, and recommend some books written by him. Mitnick was an inspiration to many in the cybersecurity field, myself included. His stories solidified my interest in cybersecurity and inspired me to cover stories of cybercrime on this very podcast. Kevin Mitnick started his hacking career in high school where he learned social engineering. Like many early hackers, he got into phone freaking. Phone freaking involves exploring telephone networks by exploiting the phone systems and getting information from phone company employees to do so. You could obtain information on just about any customer of the phone company simply by saying the right thing. Knowing the lingo and procedures made him seem legitimate, and it only got easier with time as his confidence and knowledge about the phone industry grew. He was able to use payphones without paying for it by pressing a certain series of buttons. He also pranked fellow phone freakers by making their phones tell them to please insert a dime when, well, they couldn't do that because it was not a payphone. He was also able to find out the phone numbers of very important people, including celebrities and politicians, from his social engineering attacks against phone company employees. Of course, he wouldn't be so famous if he just stuck to phone pranks. Later on, one of his so-called friends managed to get the dial-up number for the Digital Equipment Corporation and dared Mitnick to hack into the ARC, which was one of their systems for developing their RSTS-slash-E operating system software. Mitnick managed to do this by impersonating a lean developer and pretending to forget his password, which a system administrator allowed him to change without question. Within five minutes, he'd gained access to the ARC, and his so-called friends didn't believe him at first, so he had to prove it by logging in right in front of them. The reason these friends are so-called is because, well, they ratted him out. When retelling this story, Mitnick claimed that his friends actually stole the source code and then blamed him for it so that he would get in trouble because, well, he showed them he'd hacked into the system anyways. He was arrested for this, for hacking into the software and copying the source code and would spend 12 months in prison and three years on supervised release. Mitnick had also posed as a DMV representative and gained fraudulent access to driving records, which caught the attention of the FBI. He was hanging out with different hacker friends now, but quickly realized one of them was an undercover FBI agent. In response to this, instead of just abandoning this friend or confronting him about it, he hacked the FBI itself, using the information they had on him to evade his arrest. For several years, Mitnick moved away and evaded capture, using his hacking abilities to steal identities, including name and social security number, and used them as his own as he tried to find jobs. At the time for Mitnick, hacking was a hobby, not a job. He wanted to keep those two lives separate, especially, well, given his criminal record. But eventually, every time he moved somewhere new, his past would catch up to him in some way, or he would make a slip-up that caused him to flee. He fled from California to Nevada to Colorado to Washington to North Carolina, and eventually, in North Carolina, he was captured while trying to find new employment. When he was captured, he had cloned cell phones, over 100 codes for those cloned phones, and multiple forms of fake identity. Fake IDs that he had set up to live several new lives in several states for as long as he could, which ended up being about two years, which 
is pretty impressive if you're being tracked by the FBI, in my opinion. Even though he was trying to keep hacking away from his professional life, it was still a hobby, and he'd go on many, many hacking sprees. This is what would lead to his downfall, his inability to just stop. He was charged with 14 counts of wire fraud, 8 counts of possession of unauthorized access devices, interception of wire or electronic communications, unauthorized access to a federal computer, and causing damage to a computer. There was a huge online campaign to free Kevin. In fact, it was called Free Kevin. His supporters believed that although he did commit computer crimes, he was being excessively punished to make an example, rather than based on actual, tangible damage he caused. Even though he could have, he didn't actually end up stealing any money directly. He stole information and caused many losses, he stole identities and likely caused a lot of grief and confusion, but he really didn't pocket much money and was trying to find legitimate employment. Unfortunately for the Free Mitnick campaign, Kevin Mitnick would take a plea deal which led to him serving five years in prison, being released in the year 2000. But up until 2003, he was forbidden from using any communication technology except for a landline phone. Which is actually kind of funny given his phone-freaking origins. Due to his time spent in prison and the Free Kevin campaign, Mitnick was now famous, or perhaps infamous. And with his newfound fans, he became a successful cybersecurity consultant, public speaker, and author. He could go back to hacking, but to help people find and fix vulnerabilities in their businesses instead of doing it illegally. He founded and ran Mitnick Security Consulting LLC and became part owner of Nobefore, which many of you may recognize if you've ever had to do digital cybersecurity training. They're a very popular vendor for that. Like many hackers also do, he would end up also teaching social engineering and hacking skills to the US government. Mitnick was an inspiration to many hackers, and my brief retelling on this short, short series doesn't do his story justice. I would highly recommend reading his book The Ghost in the Wires, which is absolutely wild and reads like a fictional story, but it's true and it's about his life. The Art of Intrusion is another book of his that covers stories of real hackers and their methods, which is the book that made me wonder, hey, I could make a podcast kind of like this too. These books and some of the other ones he's written along with the stories of his arrest and misadventures captivated audiences and inspired people to actually care about cybersecurity. Realizing just how important it is and how much havoc can be caused by insecure systems that Kevin continually exploited on his journey. My condolences are with the friends and family of Kevin Mitnick. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime, and until next time, stay secure.